Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, May 23rd. We are here live, and it is a free-for-all today, and nothing special going on today. No guests. It's all about what you want to talk about today. So pick up the phone and join me. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, the time to dial is right now. I promise you'll get through. 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. While we're waiting on some calls, I have a topic I want to talk about. We've been touching on this topic quite a bit, and I got an idea. I've had this idea before. I have a whole idea board and a list somewhere and just gets bigger and bigger and we don't always get to all of those projects. In fact, we never get to all of them. But I um, I got looking at this project and realized why we didn't put a lot of emphasis on it before. It's this idea of getting back to the basics. Um, Bruce and I started this way, way back when, my first year on the air. And Bruce and I would do a show, I think it was Thursday nights, and we would pick a system on the truck, say the cooling system, and we would talk about it at its most basic level, like you didn't know anything about that topic at all. We would explain the parts, how it worked, how the flow. This can be done for just about every topic, and it should be done for every topic. And that's what we're going to start doing. And one of the things I realized is we've done this in the past. The problem is if you're not listening to that show or taking notes, the show gets lost. It's so hard to keep everything organized. And when we were on Sirius, we didn't control our shows and our content. We do now. It's one of the big advantages to our new network. We control the app, the content, the shows, all of it. So I got looking at that project and I thought that could be a really powerful project now because we do have all this control. I'm going to do a back to the basics show or series. Some shows would require a series of these on every show we do. And then in the app, we'll be able to organize it by that topic. So if somebody wants to learn about um, alignments and they know nothing will have a show in there organized under the basics and organized under rolling toe for alignments. And you can go in and start there. Listen to the basics on this topic. We'll even cover things like language. You know, we've talked about what is a glider in trucking and We'll cover all of those things. In fact, I think I'll work out a format to make sure we hit all of these. And then, like I said, in some, uh, the power hour that we could do probably a dozen of those. Uh, Destination health. Lauren and I already got a start on this. We did two shows on digestion, going back to the basics and explaining all the parts, how they work. So I'm excited about that. This is an area, I've talked about this in the past. This is probably one of the biggest mistakes people make in life, in in all areas of life that are important to us. We tend to skip the basics. They're not sexy. They're not fun. They're not exciting. We skip those as though, oh, everybody knows that. But that's not true. Everybody doesn't know that. In fact, most people don't know or don't understand the basics of things that are really important to them. 
But then what they do is they pay experts to give them the secret. We all want the secret. We all want the shortcut. There are no shortcuts. But experts make an awful lot of money convincing you that there are shortcuts and the fact that they, you need to pay them because they're the only ones that know the secret. There aren't any secrets. You know, it, it, I talk about money. And this goes back, I still remember this very, very clearly. Uh, and it's interesting, we're talking about this time now. The stock market right now is having some of its worst performance since 1987. I remember where I was in 1987 when the stock market tumbled big one day. I, I can't remember if that was what we called Black Monday. Might have been. I was actually in a seminar at the time that day, and I think back then it lost over 500 points, which was huge because we were still well under 10,000. Uh, if I remember right, we were between five and 7,000. It was almost... Um, 10% in a day, if I remember right. I was at a seminar, Anthony Robbins, and it was about financial planning and learning about money and investments and all of those things. And we had this big crash, so it was an interesting time. But I remember Anthony Robbins had a whole bunch of financial experts in there to speak that day. But he got up on stage and, and he said one thing, and it stuck with me. And that one thing he talked about was when it comes to important areas of your life, and most people would rate money as important. When it comes to important areas of your life, nobody will ever care about your situation more than you do, so you need to become the expert on those areas. And you know what? It's not that difficult. It's really not. I, I, when I heard that, and I had been frustrated. I had worked with some tax preparers that really didn't know what they were doing. I had talked to some financial advisors. Most of the advice I got was garbage. They were just trying to sell me high commission products. So I really took that advice to heart. If money's important to you, learn more about money because you'll care more about yours than anybody else. So I started reading books on money and finance and I also actually went back to school and became a certified financial planner. But I've taken that same advice. And if you look at many areas of your life, health, I want to know more about my health and how to stay healthy than anybody else. Business, money, relationships, that's a tough one. Um, requires other people to cooperate. But I like this idea of focusing on and getting back to the basics. I'm actually going to, um, to do one today, a quick one. I'm going to do shows on, on every topic, and I'll run down these. Um, the Power Hour, we could do, like I said, a dozen of these probably on all the different systems in the truck. Rolling Toe, probably a couple there. Destination Health, several there on all the different systems uh, Lauren and I have already really started on that. Trucking technology and efficiency, a show on the basics of what affects fuel economy. Fuel, everything that we talk about in fuel economy comes back to physics. But what does that mean? What, how do aerodynamics work? 
How does rolling resistance work? How does parasitic drag work? And explain those in easy to understand terms and even explain the terms. Um, Even the pit. A lot of people don't get involved in politics because they don't understand politics and where do you go to learn politics? It's actually not that easy. You've got to do a lot of reading or a lot of listening and even then it's confusing. So why not a show explaining, this will be fun, what the different parties believe in? A big picture. What what do the Republicans stand for? What do the Democrats stand for? Maybe even a little history of how that's changed really dramatically over the last couple of decades. That's an interesting. What the Libertarians, the Green Party, a couple others out there, do a show on the basics of politics so people start to understand you know, the, the three branches. What, what's the difference between the House and the Senate? What are midterm elections? There's Boy, we could do all kinds of these in politics. The beauty now is you only have to listen to what you're interested in. And once we record these shows, we can keep them organized in the app, make them very easy to find. That way you can always start with the basics on a topic. So here's a, just a quick one on money, and then I'm going to get to some calls. They're starting to come in, so line them up. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone right now and dial 855-950-3835. Just a couple more minutes and I will get to those calls. So when it comes to money, there are a couple different ways to look at money. One we're all very familiar with, and that is budgets. And we're really told that you have to be able to budget your money in order to manage your money. And first off, we need to know what is the goal? What's the goal of managing our money anyway? Why do we even bother? Well, it's nice to have money when we need money. And it's nice to think that someday we won't need to work every day to earn money. We're going to save money and invest money over time so that at some point we have enough money that we don't have to work if we choose not to. There are plenty of other goals around money, but once you've decided what you want out of money, what your goals are, then this is one of those areas that is pretty simple. For the most part with money, you just have to Spend less than you earn. And the more you can do that, the better your plan will work. That, that's really what money management comes down to, figuring out ways to spend less than you earn. And there are two ways you can work on that. You can earn more. You can put your focus on earning more. And you can put your focus on spending less. And really the best way to approach it is both. You may do them both at the same time. You may do them both separately, but that's the way you accumulate money. That's the way you make your net worth grow, by spending less money than you bring in. It really is pretty simple math. It's one of the easier areas to understand when it comes, how do you make this work? Spend less than you earn. Now, that's why budgets 
seemed to be the, the way to go for most people. And in a budget, you'd sit down and you say, okay, we have this much money coming in every month. Well, for truck drivers, that's a problem because that number can change and does change for most truck drivers every single month. So now you've got one more math issue to deal with if you don't have a regular salary. You've got to try to work with averages. So it gets a little trickier. How you can look back and you can say, okay, on average, you know, take the last two or three years or whatever makes sense in your situation and say, on average, we bring in this much money every month. So then the budget is you sit down with all of your bills first, the things you have to pay, rent, mortgage, utilities, car payments, insurance, the things you absolutely have to pay to get through the month, to get back and forth to work, whatever it might be. And you start to organize them and add them up. And hopefully, this isn't the case for some people, but hopefully those don't add up to more than what you're bringing in. Sometimes it does. There are a lot of people in this country that have a negative net worth. Let's hope that's not the case. If it is, then you've really got to get busy and crack down and figure out how to solve that problem, especially now with the economy we're heading into. So hopefully, when you get done with all the things you have to pay, there's money left. Now you decide in a budget, what are you going to do with the money that's left over? Are you going to use it for entertainment? Because remember, in that first step, we only did the things you have to spend. You don't have to spend money going out to eat. You don't have to spend money going out for entertainment. But you want to, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. But how much money is really there? And isn't there another big goal we have to take care of here first? Don't we have to be putting money aside, spending less than we earn? Budgets never worked for me. Now, there's nothing wrong with them, and they work great, and they work for a lot of people. You can try a budget, and if budgets work for you, then do it. That's a, it's a very legitimate way of managing your money, and it works. didn't work for me. I don't like budgets. They're too tedious. They're too time-consuming. They feel restrictive. So the philosophy I used, I certainly didn't create it. It's been around forever. I don't even remember where I may have seen it first. The philosophy I use to manage money, and it works much better for me than budgeting, is to pay yourself first. What that phrase means is that before you pay any bills, even the stuff you have to pay, rent, mortgage, all that stuff, utilities, food, gas, none of that stuff gets paid first. What gets paid first is you. You decide what your priorities are around money. Remember we said it might be retirement, it might be buying your first house, it might be saving to start a business. Whatever your goal is this time, you pick one of those goals and you pay towards that goal first. You pick an amount and you say, okay, I need to get started with $300 a month for retirement savings. It's going to go into a retirement account. I can't touch it. I can't take it back out. I'm going to get a tax break for it, but I'm going to put 
pick a number, 300 a month. And you should pick a number that makes you stretch a little bit, but that you'll be able to achieve. And that gets paid first every month before you pay anything else. Every time money comes in, you put aside whatever you've set as that number and you pay that first. Then you figure out how to pay the bills. It's just taking the budgeting process and flipping it up the other way and you pay your priorities first, your goals, your financial goals, you, you fund those first, and then you figure out how to get through the month and pay all the rest of the bills. It seems simple, and actually it is. It worked really well for me. Like I said, I just I don't have the discipline for budgets. They bore me. It's too much work. If they work for you, great. If not, there's, a, there's another option. All right, I'm going to get to the calls. If you have any questions, comments, topics, anything at all, pick up the phone and join me, 855-950-3835. We're going to head off to Florida this time. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? I got a couple of topics. First one is about that. Uh, baby firmly you, you mentioned last week that but I don't know if you caught that part of information uh, they did uh, uh, you know uh, CDC or, or FDA did swipe that, that plant you know for bacteria and they found some bacteria in there but it's not a same bacteria as got those babies sick did you cut that part of the news no, say that again. I heard something was, about bacteria. It was it was diff, different kind of a bacteria in that plant in Michigan. They found that bacteria somewhere, but it, it wasn't in production facility. It was somewhere somewhere in that plant. So I don't know. Maybe maybe in the kitchen. Maybe in bathrooms. They found some kind of a bacteria, and they did genetic analysis, and it's not the same bacteria that got those babies sick that ended up in the hospital. So oh, I don't it. know why they, they didn't open that plant, you know, the, the next day. They, they should be, you know, it, it's not what got babies sick. I don't know why they're waiting to, to open the, the plant again and why did they have to try. They did a deal with FDA or whoever to open that, that plant. I, that's kind of confusing to me why there is any problem with the opening it, that, that, that factory next, next day. So you that's break- kind of weird. You bring up a good point. I hadn't thought about this. We've had this happen many, many times in the past. Food plants, food factories, there's some sort of a contamination issue. They recall the food, and within a week or two, that plant's up and running again. They'll say, oh, we found, uh, you know, there was a leaky roof over in the corner, and it was causing mold in this one storage area, and, you know, it's been fixed. What, What about this factory was so wrong that it took that long? You're right. That's a really good point. So they found a problem. Maybe it was there. Maybe it wasn't. But either way, why isn't? Why did that factory sit there so long? That's kind of weird and confusing. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Another another topic topic that I have on my mind is it's about electric cars, Tesla, and you know self driving cars. And the, the the Hyundai just came out with a new model that can be charged from zero to like 80% in 18 minutes. Wow. So that's, yeah. 
Wow. Uh, you know, and a, a supercharger uh, at 480 volts, but it, it can be done. Yeah, and you know the other thing, and, uh, we talk about range on these yeah. electric vehicles and, and Tesla's up around, you know, three to 400 miles now. So even if you go to the low side of that and you take 300 miles, um, that's like 240 miles on an 80% charge in 18 minutes using those numbers. Most of us don't yeah. drive 240 miles at a time. We just don't. Most people commute, and it's a it's a pretty set distance every day back and forth. And, you know, when we talk about these electric cars that now have ranges over 300 miles, most cars that run on gas don't have that kind of range. Yeah, and stopping at a gas station before, you know, you, you pump the, uh, the, the gas, you go to gas station to get something, it's, it's going to be around 15 minutes. Yeah, 18 but minutes is not that not big of a deal. It's really not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, Tesla, uh, I watched uh, some clip on, on Facebook or somewhere uh, of uh, Mr. Wonderful, and uh, he was talking with his son, and his son was like, oh, why don't you, it was in the beginning of Tesla, why don't you invest some money in a, in a Tesla? And, and Mr. Wonderful, oh, Tesla, what a joke, I want to shorten that stock. And his son <laughs> was an intern, intern in, in, in Tesla, and he's like, you're crazy. The Tesla is like a data company, you know, every, every car that is driving on, on the road, every mile, they send that info back to, to Tesla headquarters and they are mapping, you know, every street, every, every yeah. road that are driving on. So they, they gathering all the data and they, they making, you know, they preparing for self-driving cars. Those, those cars, you know, that, that, that Tesla is going to be the best at it. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in, Maybe maybe investing in that in that stock, you know, it's, even if it's going down, it's it's the best company. I think they they gonna go. Well, up. he's he's clearly an interesting guy, and he he just got a whole lot more interesting over the last couple months with uh, you know the shakeup of oh, yeah. Twitter. Whether he actually goes through with that and buys it, we'll still have to wait and see on that. But now. He made them all crazy when he came out and said he's going to vote Republican from now on. Um, the, you know, <laughs> some of the left, I think their head is exploding. You know, they shouldn't he be their biggest hero? Because their whole thing now, all they want to talk about is climate change and how we all have to move to electric vehicles. Well, yeah. he, he should be like God to them, but they don't like him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because because he's he's not thinking like he he should politically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of a crazy uh, world. Hey, great stuff. We're going to move on. I see the calls are starting to roll in. So you want to jump in? I would do it now. Let's go to Oklahoma. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I found a local dairy that their milk color is putnam. So she has nothing to do with her milk, but she's trying to market it as raw milk. But she's also making her own yogurt. Um, she, but she says she uses her beer as the culture. Okay. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, kefir is... I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, 
kefir is basically like a liquid yogurt. It's it's a specific group of bacteria. We can add it to milk, just like you would to make yogurt, but it, it doesn't really thicken much. So you end up with a really, really thin drinkable product that's similar to yogurt because it is a cultured milk. Now you can take kefir bacteria and make yogurt out of it. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the same as the yogurt we talk about making. And there's two reasons. One is the yogurt, when we talk about making it at home, we're using very specific bacteria that have been studied and shown this bacteria creates this effect in the body. Whereas most bacteria used to make yogurt was chosen because it makes, you know, smooth, creamy yogurt, or it makes very tart yogurt, or it makes sweet yogurt. I mean, we chose those bacteria to make something we'd like to eat. We didn't choose them to create a certain physiological response in the body. When we talk about El Ruteri yogurt or B coagulins, we're, we're picking a specific bacteria to get a specific benefit. And then the second reason it's different is most commercial yogurt is only cultured for about four hours. Now, I don't know about hers. You could ask her this, but in four hours, yeah. the bacteria only doubles twice. Instead, we're doing it for 36 hours so that bacteria may be doubling 18 times and that's the whole point that you've got to get enough of this bacteria to make it actually do something in the body if you only introduce small amounts of bacteria it probably is going to have zero impact on much of anything so there's nothing wrong with eating other yogurt if it you know no sugar added good quality dairy all of those things but that's still not the same benefit as what we talk about by making the yogurt. Okay. Do you, like, when we order stuff from the store, can we still get some of the bacteria from you guys like that? Like, yes. Like we did originally back uh, okay. But I ordered some cardio miracle, which is awesome. Good. I've had it for about three weeks, and it brought me about 10 points down in blood pressure mainly because I, you know, still got a lot of stress that I'm dealing with that I'm trying to get into lowering that. But, uh, but uh, I, you know, when I, I know there's other things I want to order. So I just ask, just mention that when I when we order that or call back in or something. Is that what we do? Yeah, just just check with um, with our tribe care team on that. Uh, you know, I'll double check to make sure. I shouldn't answer questions like that about the store without checking because I don't know that for sure. So I will double check on that. If not, we do have the list on the website with links to all the places you can order that. Um, let's uh, let's head off this time to. North Carolina. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing this morning? And can you hear me okay? I can. What's on your mind today? Kevin? Listen, I wanted to place a follow-up call to a couple of weeks ago. I spoke with you about um, uh, the successes I had in, in selling equipment last year, and you, you helped me decide for sure to sell uh, another truck. I don't know if you remember the conversation or not. Um, I do. And I just wanted to follow up. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and, and, and instead of, you know, putting tires on it and fixing it, this, that, and the other, I was very easily able to contact a, a dealer I had met. And, and we came on a, a, a agreement to a price that, in my opinion, having studied used truck prices, fleet used truck prices in five, past five years, you know, fifteen to $20,000 more than the truck it should have been. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a good day. It really was. I, no regrets whatsoever in doing that. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's going to help hold the pass forward. Uh, but, um, what struck me and the reason that I called was your introduction about paying yourself first. Okay. And I got to tell you, I took your inaugural when we did it live streaming class. Um, the first one you did on, on building your, you know, your trucking authority. I can't remember the, the, the title of the course online, but, um, as part of that, we had to listen to, and we talked about that book profit first, right? You remember? Right. Um, Right, right, right. So what I decided as part of your program, and when I got into trucking in general, I didn't, I didn't have consumer debt and, and had worked previously. Um, I said I'm going to put myself on a thirty thousand dollar a year salary. Okay, and and in my business up until just two years ago, um, that's how I operated and was able to grow that uh, with the concept of you know setting setting a goal of this is what I'm paying myself and thirty thousand dollars was enough to travel a couple times a year and, and have entertainment and eating and everything else. Uh, but I was able to take the bulk of what I was making uh, and keep it invested, not in the market, but in my own company. So, um, so excellent advice you gave at the beginning of the program. And I also love the idea of, of the categories you've come up with there because uh, this new format, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're no longer on serious. I, I called and fired them. It was a difficult process, but, but I did. I did when that happened because, quite honestly, I got it for free when I got in the truck, and it was your program that um, made me subscribe to begin with. You know, everything else I can get elsewhere. So, well, so, we're, we're, thank you for that. I'm going to keep you up. Yeah. Yep, I appreciate it. And uh, we're, we're pretty happy. The new format uh, has freed me up to do a lot of things we weren't able to do before. So, uh, we're excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm enjoying it, and I'm going to stay in touch more often. Next plan is to get the flatbed tra uh, trailer that I mentioned to you rehab and ready because I got confirmation that my new truck did hit the assembly line and should be ready in June. Um, around the, but as an aside, instead of waiting till uh, the end of July to go ahead and pay off this other truck that I least purchased through uh, a mega carrier, I went ahead and paid it off early too. So, um, so yeah. Thanks for the advice. Keep it up. If it wasn't for you, I, yeah, you, you, you really, you're my business coach, but you know it or not. Well, thank uh, in you. a lot of what the trucking so, Yeah, I appreciate you, sir. So. All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the support. Let's keep going. We're going to roll on into North Carolina this time. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Top of the morning to you. Can you hear me all right? Hey, Ken, well? What's on your mind today? Hey, I have a couple questions about that, your new app. Um, I'm not a beta tester. Uh, just a little background here. Um, I've, I've become increasingly concerned about privacy over the last year. I've been on the Apple platform for 10 years or so. But however, I'm moving to a, an Android open source uh, e-Google phone. And it will run apps, but if there's in-app purchases, it will not run. So I was wanting to know if the new app, you know, if 
if y'all were gonna, you know, so basically it will not run Google Analytics or, or Firebase. Um, so I was wanting to know if you were gonna just kind of leave the in-app purchases out of the app and just make that like the store only, you know, you could go to the store to make purchases. Um, I don't know if you're following, I, I, I'm sure you pretty are, you're tech savvy, so you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we we do. Um, I, I don't know the answer to your question right now, and I, I think I should, but I'm trying to remember back through our meetings. I don't think I've been involved in a meeting where we've discussed this yet. I'm going to have to check with Aaron. Um, okay. I don't know if well, we've made that... If we've made that decision or not, you know, it's always a tough decision because on the Apple side, if you charge for anything in that app, Apple gets 30% of it. Right. That's well, such I'm a, not going to be using Apple. Or, yeah. It's, yeah, it's right. such a big chunk that we try to avoid using it when possible. There are just some times where it's so much more convenient. So I'll have to check with uh, Aaron and the programming team and get back to you on that. Yeah, well, just a suggestion, you know, if they could leave, maybe they could leave the in-app purchases out of the all new app and just direct all purchases to your store. Um, I don't know, you know, you'd have to do whatever makes sense to you business-wise, but just a little feedback on that for me. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I hope to hear something from that. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, as soon as I know something on that, whether we've uh, we've made up our mind or not on that yet, I will announce it. We're going to head off to Oklahoma. Eric, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Uh, last year, open. I uh, don't know where you might have gotten it from, but where I first saw the Save Yourself First idea was from the book The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. You know, that, that could very well be it then, because I read that book a long, long time ago. I'll, I'll bet that is where I got it then. Yeah, it was literally, I mean, it was, the way he wrote it was very entertaining. You can get it on Audible, too, if anybody hasn't it yet. But it's like, you know, the, one of the first principles was, for every ten coins put into my purse, remove but nine. You know, <laughs> no, you're right. Eventually, your purse will be overflowing. Yep, you're, you are. You are right. I'm positive now. That was where I first learned that concept, and boy, I'm thinking that had to be like 35 years ago. I read that oh. book. Yeah, that book is really old. I mean, it's it's in the the series of books like that. Uh, like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, wasn't it? And, yep. um, well, that may not even be as old. Um, trying to think of some of the older ones that... Uh, the, uh, the, yeah, never mind. But The Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogmandino. Oh, yeah. But it's like I, many, many years ago, I tried to be an Amway distributor before I realized I'm just not a salesperson. But they had the Book of the Month Club, and that was where a lot of those books were introduced to me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. a lot of the, the really old ones, you know. But there are some of these books that came out of the 1930s, 40s, like they're still used today because 
it hasn't been said any better. <laughs> no, you're right. It, it, well, that, that goes along well with my open today, because all of these books really just go back to the basics. Now, I might caution you from telling people that budgeting feels restrictive, because that's kind of the purpose of a budget, isn't it? I know. You know that's... It, they were free spending, free wheeling before, and now they need to stop that and fix things. I know. That's what I don't like about it, though. I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> even by yourself? Yeah, not even by myself. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was all I had. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, it. Uh, he's absolutely correct. Budgeting is supposed to be restrictive. That's the whole point. If it wasn't, it wouldn't work. Um, I guess I feel a little more in control when I decide, no, this is important to me, my money's going there first, then I'll have to restrict something else at some point. Um, yeah, maybe that's the, it, like I said, it's not really that different. It's 180 degrees, but it's really similar as well. So yeah, it, it does have to be restrictive. That's kind of the point. Let's go to Florida this time. Um, we just blew through a bunch of calls, so we opened up some phone lines. I've got time. If you want to jump in, I'll stay here as long as you've got questions. I think I also have some questions on the website, so I'll get to those uh, here in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> when, it's, uh, when it's going to be just a free-for-all, I'll try to remember to put a post up on the website. So if you don't feel like calling in or you can't get through, you can post a question there, and I'll try to check in on those and answer them once in a while. Uh, truckingtribe.com and healthytribe.com. Carl, welcome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's How are you today? today? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, hey, first time caller. I've been listening to you for about three years. On a side note, I, I heard your keto uh, program and I, I lost 40 pounds and got rid of all my uh, prescription and everything. I'm doing well. I got to lose some 20 more pounds, but Excellent. I'm so glad I got a hold of you. We'll... Carl, did we lose you? Uh, you know what? I'm going to put you back in the queue and see if we can save that line. And I'm going to head off to Wisconsin. If you want to dial right now, we just lost a couple calls. We'll get to yours, 855-950-3835. It's a free-for-all. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join us. Mick, welcome to the program. Hello. Uh, good morning. I uh, had a couple questions um, kind of along the lines of your open, and, and I don't know, it's kind of multifaceted, so maybe it'll see if I can make it make sense or not, but I've been just kind of, I, my wife and I have, um, some, uh, money from, uh, former, uh, 401ks that got rolled into IRAs. And then now uh, when we started the trucking business in 2013, uh, we've been paying into, uh, two separate Roth IRAs since then. Um, not a lot, about 500 a month. Um, between the two of them. And then, uh, uh, 
she uh, had some uh, other money that had rolled into something else. And then, uh, so, I don't know, between the two of us now, we're 50, um, and we're somewhere around, I don't even know exactly, $500,000 um, for some kind of a retirement, I guess, or, or whatnot. And then um, we uh, were able to use the trucking business. I put her through, uh, or we put ourselves, her through school. To, she's an RN now, just started um, a, couple, a few months ago. And so she'll be getting some retirement through that now also. And then uh, I've just been feeling lately, like, I'm sure you've seen the memes, you know, like how BlackRock and Vanguard own all these companies, like, all of the pharmaceutical companies that made the vaccine and different things like that. I just, I'm not really excited about having a bunch of money tied up in these companies. Well, even like the guy that said about the, the plant, you know, I feel like sometimes these big companies are conspiring with the government to put us in, in a bind. And I'm just not that excited about having that money tied up in that. And I just wondered if there's other alternatives um, being that we're under 65. Yeah, there's lots of things to invest in or save money. I mean, let, let's, let's go back to the basics. The, the most basic way of saving money, you're already doing it, but I just want to go back to the basics on questions like this, is to spend less than you earn. And if, if all you did was stuff it in your mattress or dig a hole in the backyard and bury it, you're still saving money. I mean, that, and that's where it has to start. You've already got that. Now, what do we want this money to do? Well, one, we don't want the value of this money to go down. And one of the problems we're facing right now is there, this is kind of a trick question, is there any risk to putting my money in a safe deposit box or a safe somewhere and just letting it sit there? Is there any risk in that? Could the value go down? Maybe under inflation, I guess. That, no, you're exactly right. That is the answer to that question. Even in, forget the crazy inflation we're in right now. Even if inflation runs 2% a year and all you're doing is sticking your money in a hole somewhere, you're actually losing 2% a year. Your money will buy 2% less year after year after year. So there's risk in everything we do with our money. Even doing nothing with it creates some risk. Now, with inflation at 8%, that's how much buying power you're losing year after year right now, as long as this keeps up. It's almost impossible right now to keep up with inflation. There's no place we can guarantee 8%. So this is a a really bad time for everybody money-wise. But what kinds of things could we invest in? Well, you can invest in precious metals, gold and silver. I'm not a big fan of those. You can invest in real estate. I actually have moved most of my money out of the market in the last 10 years and put it into real estate. Uh, you can invest, invest back into your own business if you have one. Sometimes that's an option. I've done that in the past. You can invest in um, collectibles, uh, baseball cards. You can invest in um, actually muscle cars, American muscle cars, if you know what you're doing, they've outperformed the S&P 500 most years. The, the thing you have to understand about investing is if we're talking about the stock market, 
you know, the strategy I've taught people for years, you don't have to know hardly anything about the stat. In fact, you don't have to know anything. Put your money in the um, S&P 500 and let it go. It, it's, it can be that easy sometimes. Most of these other areas, I don't know of any way of making any of these other areas simple. You, you have to, any of them could be really good investments, but you have to understand them. Art can be a good investment, but boy, you better understand art. And I know nothing about art, so I would never invest in it. Um, I, even though I grew up, you know, building and painting and owning those muscle cars, I don't know anything about that market. I don't know what really holds its value or will sell well 10 years from now. So I wouldn't invest in, you know, classic cars, even though if you do it right, they have a great return. I have taken the time to learn and I continue to learn about real estate. So there are other places there. There really isn't anything easy and there's virtually nothing guaranteed unless, and we may get there unless we get back to that place we were in the early eighties and we keep comparing our economy today to the early eighties, because a lot of numbers look the same, crazy inflation, you know, record high prices, interest rates are starting to climb. We may get to the place where interest rates and and CDs, certificates of deposit with the bank, will start paying enough interest that they'll be really, really attractive. That that doesn't happen very often, Kevin. Uh, but we may be heading for that again. Kevin? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of get that side of it. I guess more like what I'm asking is, since that money is already invested in, in these um, different, uh, you know, these IRAs and such, is there a way to move that, to transfer that into something without taking the big penalty because we're under that? Yeah, you're, age, I guess. you're a little more restricted, um, but you there are IRAs that allow us to invest in things like gold or real estate. So your first choice would be what other commodity or property do you want to invest it in? And then you go see if you can find an IRA that does that. And I've seen IRAs that that the law allows them to if they're set up properly. So you can invest in different forms of real estate or gold or silver or lots of other crazy things within an IRA, but they're usually very specialized. So that's why you decide what you want to invest in first. Then you go see if you can find an IRA and then you would transfer your IRA to that company. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm, more interested in this if there's a way to invest back in myself like we've got some property and you know i you know i've kind of been following along with some, a lot of your health things and things like that uh, you know it's, maybe I, I maybe a guy would be better off investing more in yourself like with you know i've got i've got a small acreage we could actually you know begin to farm it or, or raise some cattle on it, you know, investing in ourselves that way more so than just in these big companies. And I just, uh, but probably not since it's already in IRAs. So 
Um, You know, it's a little, I love your idea of investing in yourself. You know, I've been talking about the fact that when, when we're in these inflationary times, the stock market's tanking, real estate is about to get hit hard. Uh, Gold and silver might do okay during this time. I'm just, I'm not a big fan of gold and silver. They're really volatile. If anything is going to... If yeah. anything's going to do okay, it, it might be precious metals because when when everybody gets scared, they run to precious metals. But it, it, there's the, it's, it's just a really tough time to invest right now because almost everything that we typically invest in is a bubble. Like used cars, everything. They, they're all on such a bubble right. that, sure. you know, and interest rates haven't gone up enough yet to make that attractive. So we're kind of stuck in limbo And to me, with 8-plus percent inflation and no place else to invest, why wouldn't I just invest back into myself and being more self-reliant and stocking up on food and consumables? How could I go wrong, really? Yeah. That brings me to another question, if you have time. (laughs) Um, Okay, so our, our house and my shop are heated electricity and propane and I really have no way to do wood so if if it got to the point where there was no electricity and propane wasn't really available would solar be an okay option like to run like say a well and maybe uh, in floor heat or is it just not really quite up to, to par for something like that do you know enough about that that yeah um, I- Solar, we're, we're getting better and better all the time. You look at a system like the Tesla wall. Um, the issue with, mm-hmm. with solar is the better your storage, the better off we're going to be. And then where do you live? You know, I live in a place where solar would work awesome about three to four months out of the year. In the summertime, we just get pure sunshine all summer long. The rest of the year, yep. not so much. Um so solar would be really good for me for part of the year and pretty weak the rest of the year. Now, we also have a lot of wind, so I could probably put up a couple wind generators. So is it, it is possible now to run an entire household on solar. If you live in the right area, you do a, the right solar setup on the roof and the right storage, you could probably pull it off, um, you know, depending on the size of the house and some other things. We're... we're We're not quite there where you can just say, oh, I'm going to throw some solar up on the roof and, you know, I can power everything from now on. We're we're just not quite there yet, unless you live in one of those places where, you know, you have 340 days of sunshine. Yeah, not not so much either. I just was curious that might be a... Anyway, well, I, I can I can look into that more. I just thought you might know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like I say, it, it's a matter of how much space do you have to put solar panels up? How much are you willing to spend on solar panels? And then how much are you willing to spend on storage, you know, battery storage? And right, right now yeah. it's still... Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, it's still pretty expensive. But I, I, I have small amounts of solar. I haven't made a big investment in it yet, but I'm thinking I'm going to in the next year or two, um, either on this property or the property I have across the river in Washington. So we're not quite there yet, but I think it should be a part of what you're doing. I, I would still have some sort of solar sure. and some sort of battery backup system. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I'll probably lean more towards like saying maybe a, a old, a big generator that is propane powered for the, you know, to begin with, but then have a solar backup to yeah. power minimal things might be a good way to kind of spread that out. Okay. Yeah, I think that that really is a good strategy is to have a little bit of, you know, I, this happened by accident. It wasn't like I really planned this. I, I do kind of like to have plan B and plan C and sometimes even plan D. Um, this seems like a little bit of overkill, but like I say, it just kind of happened this way. When we first moved in here and, and bought this property and I was on Sirius, I you know, I wasn't, I had come from a place where we had power outages constantly. So I ended up buying, you know, a backup generator, you know, gasoline, pull start kind of thing. Um, and it was kind of a pain. So when we moved in here, I thought, you know what, I'm putting in a whole house generator. The power ever goes out. I don't have to worry about the show. We'll, we'll be able to keep doing it. So we put a whole house propane generator in and buried, a, I think it's a 500 gallon tank. Then we bought the coach, which, you know, has a big diesel generator on it and a 150-gallon diesel tank. Then we bought the Sprinter, Lisa's Sprinter, and it's got a propane generator on it. And then I started playing around with the solar. So I have, you know, a couple of the, um, you know, the solar batteries, and I've got some solar panels, and I play around with that, and I've got that pretty good sized solar generator and i i just got thinking i guess i actually do have all the way to plan d when it comes to electric hmm, that's great and you say you can run freezers off of that solar wall i think i heard you say once on, on the um, yeah that little roll around system that i have the 3000 amp hour and they now make that in a 6000 amp hour right after i bought mine of course that's when they upgrade it um, I'd love to have the 6,000, but on a 3,000 amp hour battery backup that I, that I charge off solar, totally disconnected. So I use solar to charge it fully. Then I disconnected the solar and I plugged two freezers into it, two big upright freezers. And it ran those two freezers without being connected to solar. It ran those two freezers for like 40, almost 49 hours, I think. Okay, nice. Yeah. See, I'm so much more interested in that than I am just investing in this stock market stuff. But I, I, I understand that that's what we, I mean, that's what we've done. As everybody said, you know, forever, just put it in there and forget about it. Or, or now, like, you know, you're kind of teaching more to take more control of it. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, what you say about your budgets. It's just not interesting to me or fun or I just, uh, <laughs> that, so, honestly, um, that was, that was the biggest motivation for me to change. I, I was watching my money in the stock market. It was doing fine. It was growing just like I expected it to. I used the same simple plan. I teach everybody else and I was just totally bored with it. You know, I got thinking that all that money is just sitting there and it's fun to watch it grow. And I know it gives me some security and, but I'm bored. I want to do something. I want to learn something. I want to be more active with my money. So buying property around here, investing in, I, I've spent an awful lot of money investing in my garden. 
and learning how to garden and, and mm-hmm. you know, building up crazy my the soil this year that I've got is just incredible. Um, I planted a heavy ground cover over the winter and man, what that does to soil. So between the growing the food, awesome, preserving yeah. the food, canning, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to probably dive into some freeze drying. I, it's, it's active. It's, it's a whole lot more interesting for me. And it is a huge investment in your future, especially right now with the crazy inflation and food shortages. Okay, perfect. I'll have to look further. I guess I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, I'll look forward to hearing back on that one. Let's go to California. Um, we. This is my final call. I will wrap up after this call. I have a couple things maybe to talk about. Uh, if you want to jump in, I will stay. Oh, no, you know what? I'll jump over to the uh, websites after this call. So you'll still have some time to get through if you want to dial. Uh, Keith in California, welcome. Well, thank you for taking my call. Okay, um, my first question was about the fuel-borne catalyst, but you guys got me thinking about a battery. I've got 35 solar panels on my house, but I don't have storage. And I'm wondering, um, it, they were really, really expensive when I looked at it. I'm wondering, has that gone down or have they got more efficient or I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and spend 10, 15 grand to buy a battery? Well, hold on. Um, start all over on that. I, my mind went off in a different direction. Say that again. <laughs> okay, so I've got 35 solar panels on my house. Okay. I haven't. I don't have any storage at all. So if, if they go oh, off, then I have to buy my energy from PG&E. Got it. So the batteries were really cost prohibitive when I looked at them, and I'm wondering if that's changed or they're still really expensive or what was the best way to go to get storage? Yeah, they're still pretty expensive. And the better technologies like uh, lithium, iron phosphate, they're really expensive. You know, I like the new technologies. Right. The The cheapest storage is still plain old, uh, basically like a, a typical battery deep cycle. So like an AGM, right. it, that is, that's still the cheapest storage available. The biggest downside to AGM okay. is they're heavy and, you know, they don't last for as many recharge cycles as some of these newer technologies that are smaller, lighter, uh, will recharge more. Right. You have a, a longer lifetime on them. So when you say, um, you know, cost prohibitive, how many square feet is the property? How big is the house? I've got 2,600 square feet. Okay, and are you trying? So it's a pretty to, big house. Are you trying to run something like air conditioning? Well, the house runs on solar all day, but it's at night when I run into. You know, I'm going to have to buy energy at night. So, well, correct. Um, this, so, uh, what I'm asking is, when so you're the, running on solar during the day, are you running elect- AC? Oh yeah, AC swimming pool. You know, washer and dryer, all that. I use a lot of energy, but I live near Southern California, so I have t- 
tons of sun in the daytime. Okay. Well, it, and that's good. Now that I know what you're capable of running, then that kind of tells us how much storage we're going to need. Um, one of the best calculators I've seen for this, and I don't have the the exact website, but you should be able to find it fairly easily. If you do a search for uh, Tesla solar roof and Tesla wall, okay. that's their battery. They right. have a they have a calculator yeah. on there that that helps you figure out how much storage you need because that's the first step. How many amp hours of storage do we need? And that that calculator is going to help you figure that out. My guess is you would probably need somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars worth of batteries. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I appreciate that answer. Then let me move to the question I really called about, which is the max mileage steel bar. I've been using it for a year. I think it's done amazing things for my truck. I have a MX-13. Um, I haven't had zero emissions issues or, or sensor issues since I started using Catalyst. So I believe in it 100%. My question is, is I fill up little four-ounce bottles so that I can just pour them in every 100 gallons, just drop a four-ounce bottle in. But do you, how is that Catalyst going to spread itself around in that tank and at some point, it's going to the the mess. The, the ratio is going to be off. So, do I run it till it's empty and then not run it for a, a tank or something? How do you get them level right? Don't don't get too crazy about this. We don't have to be that precise. We certainly don't want to over treat because it doesn't do any good and it's expensive. So we we definitely yeah. want to avoid over treating it. So I tend to go a little under. I'd rather under-treat it by a little bit than over-treat it. And as long as you're kind of sort of getting close, if you put in, you know, I the best way really is to either know your gauge. Like on the coach, I know when I'm at a half a tank or a quarter tank or in between a half and a quarter, I know pretty darn close to how many gallons I'm going to put in. And I like to... Right. It's just the method that I use. I start the pump on one side, I walk around to the other side, and I dump my catalyst in right then. Based on my estimate, I know I'm going to get about 90 gallons, so I estimate, dump that in, then put the second hose in. That way it's going to get mixed with the fuel pumping from both sides. And as long as you're close each time you fuel up, you're not going to have a problem. Okay. All right. Well, it took me a year to decide to use it in the first place, and I wish I would have started using it sooner. Good, um, good. Because I was having all kinds of emissions issues until I started using it. Good. That's, and uh, that's so I'm a believer, point. a reluctant believer, but I absolutely believe it works. Excellent, so. excellent. Yeah, don't get too crazy about that measurement. Um, if, if you're close each time, you're going to be fine. All right. I'm going to grab some uh, questions off the website. Let's see. From HealthyTribe.com, from Sarah. I was wondering if anybody was going to ask me about this. Um, Sarah wants my thoughts on the WHO, the World Health Organization, 
voting this week on universal health care decisions that Biden seems to have signed off on. So this is actually... Um, I was going to talk about this. I may wait till Wednesday. I want to go read this document myself. I've read about it in the news. And of course, I'm getting two very, very different pictures. Um, There's something called the Planned Pandemic Treaty that the World Health Organization, WHO, is debating and I guess countries are going to sign this treaty. Uh, I think Boris Johnson in the UK has signed it. Again, I've got to go verify a lot of this because the reporting seemed to be all over the board. I want to go read the actual treaty document itself. And I do want to talk about this because it's really, really scary and I don't understand enough of whether biden is able to sign this on his own i can't believe our president would be able to commit us to a treaty like this without congress approval and i don't think this would get past congress right now i think um we'd have to count on the two holdouts in the democrat party cinema cinema and mansion but i don't think this would pass but i don't know if it has to now This is really, really scary. The World Health Organization would be allowed to create rules and laws and regulations about our life here in the United States based on public health. Like the the World Health Organization could force us to lock down or could force vaccine mandates. That's what everybody's afraid of with this. And it does sound scary. But I, I've, I've got to go verify this one before I talk about it. I'm not confident so far of what I'm reading right now. Uh, from Benjamin on HealthyTribe.com. Hey, Kevin, I'm struggling with adrenal fatigue. I'm wondering how you dealt with yours and what to do to make it better. Yeah, this term adrenal fatigue, it's not really the most accurate way to describe this, but it works. Kind of when we get to that point when we are wired and tired. So we're, we're tired all the time. We're, we don't have a lot of energy, but we're wired and restless and kind of anxious. And that really describes, you know, what you're, what you'll go through if you have what we refer to as adrenal fatigue. Um, we could call it overstressed So what I've done is I've built the Stress Busters Protocol. We haven't really officially released it yet. I have talked about it a little bit. I think I have one or two posts up on Healthy Tribe about it. But I'll go over the four things right now. At some point, I'm putting together a course on this, and I'll probably do this as as a live course or a challenge where we will go through this together. So... There are four parts to the Stress Busters protocol. There's more than four, but four key parts. If you start doing these four things three to four times a week, you will see your stress response and this adrenal fatigue improve tremendously. And you can make big improvements in just about 30 days. So the first two, I like to to start with these because they're free. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to spend any money. It is the Wim Hof breathing 
and the cold exposure that Wim Hof uh, teaches as well. So get, you know, the, the book by Wim Hof, um, I think it's called The Iceman. He's actually got a couple books, but you can get it. You can download his app. It's really simple stuff. The app will walk you right through the breathing. The breathing will take you anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes a day, depending on how many rounds of breathing you want to do. The more rounds you do, the better benefit you'll get from it. Then do the cold exposure, which is just Nothing more than, you know, when you're finishing up your typical hot shower, you turn it all the way to cold and you see how long you can stand there in pure cold water. Uh, yes, it's miserable in the beginning. I can promise you it gets better and you'll actually enjoy this. Really powerful too. Then the other two, um, you do need to... Um, you do need to buy something. We've we've put both of these items in our store because people were getting confused on which one they should buy. The infrared sauna blanket. This is one of my favorite parts of the stress buster protocol because all I have to do is lay there and enjoy the heat. You know, the breathing, it's actually work. Uh, the cold shower is really rough in the beginning. They're both powerful. Um, they're free, but, you know, there's some... There's some getting used to those things. Uh, the infrared sauna blanket, we sell it in our store at letstruck.com. That one, you just lay there and it's hot and it, it really feels good on your joints and your muscles and you sweat and you detox. Um, that's an awesome uh, stress buster and it builds your stress resilience. Then the last one is the X3 workout bar and workout system. And don't let this scare you. You only have to do this workout 10 minutes, three or four times a week. That's it. Three times a week for 10 minutes, you'll be blown away by the, by the physical change you see, the muscle you'll build, the fat you'll burn, and it's also really building that stress muscle as well, just 10 minutes a day. So that's what you do for adrenal fatigue. Wim Hof breathing, Wim Hof cold exposure, infrared sauna blanket, X3 workout. Uh, find it all at letstruck.com. All right, let's see. I'm going to check Trucking Tribe, see if we have any questions there, and then uh, we will wrap this up for the day. Let's see. Okay, from Jonathan on truckingtribe.com. How do I use the pyrometer in conjunction with the boost gauge for better fuel economy? So, we can use the pyrometer a little bit. We can use the boost gauge as long as we're in a truck that doesn't have a um, variable geometry turbo. So we've talked about the boost gauge. Really, the goal there, just keep the boost as low as you can whenever you can. On the level, if you slow down, back out a little bit, you'll see your boost go down. On a hill, you don't have to hold your foot to the floor the whole time. Downshift, get to a gear where you can probably climb that hill with about three quarters throttle instead of full throttle. When it comes to the pyrometer, I don't really use the pyrometer a lot for fuel economy. I use the pyrometer more for troubleshooting maintenance. But again, the goal is the more fuel we put into a cylinder, the higher that cylinder temperature is going to become. So, just like the boost, if you want to watch pyrometer, 
and learn how it correlates with fuel mileage, the lower you keep the pyrometer most of the time, but that's not always true either. Because remember, when we're downspeeding the newer emission engines, our goal is to actually keep them running hotter. So to me, the pyrometer is really not a, a good gauge for fuel economy. If you know how it works on your truck and you can correlate it to fuel economy, um, you could do that. But normally, you know, when we're looking at troubleshooting a diesel engine, a lot of times it's either going to be, or do you have enough boost and do you have enough fuel? So a pyrometer can sometimes alert us to a fuel problem. If we're not getting high enough pyrometer temperatures, that might be an indication we have a fuel restriction somewhere. We're not getting enough fuel. All right, let's see. Um, from Kevin on truckingtribe.com. Just got my order of Cardio Miracle and love the flavor. Taking the two recommended scoops per day, but with the added costs of exchange on our Canadian dollar to US dollar plus shipping, um, it ends up, he did some math here, about $3 per scoop. Any chance of getting some less expensive shipping or any ideas on how I could lighten up the cost of getting it to my door. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Kevin, I wish I did have better ideas for you, but I don't. Um, we've looked at some other options. We just don't have enough volume to Canada yet to make those options work for us. So we'll continue to look. I wish we had better options for you. If it's possible and you know where you're going to be in the States, we can ship just about anywhere. You know, we can ship to uh, a stop you're going to be at. So if, if you want and you're going to be in the States, you could call Tribe Care and, and work out um, a different delivery somewhere on that. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today. We're going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. On Wednesday, I may try to uh, open up Destination Health with this issue of the World Health Organization. I just don't feel confident I've got the whole story on this yet. Got to do a little more digging. We'll see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.